This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your hosts, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day, wherever you're listening from, and welcome. It's episode 476 of IAQ Radio on this Friday, September 8th, 2017, And this week, we're on hurricane watch as recovery from Harvey continues and Irma strikes in uh, the Caribbean and soon-to-be Florida. Joining us from Texas will be Ed Ranieri and Sam Simon. And also joining us from uh, John Don and Roselle is going to be Dave Howard. Before we get started, let's thank our marquee sponsors. IAQ Radio marquee sponsors are John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoor Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. Particles Plus, engineers and manufacturers feature rich particle counters, air quality monitoring, instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Please be sure to thank our sponsors for their support of IAQ Radio when you inquire about their services or products. And last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust. That's IAQTraining.com. And don't forget, folks, we have continuing education credits available for the show. You can get your IICRC or ACAC or AIHA continuing ed credits, send me an email at joe.hughes at iaqtraining.com and we'll get you out a quiz for today's show. All right, before we uh, get into the show, let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio trivia question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnick at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man with this week's IAQ Radio trivia question. Hello, everybody. Congratulations go out to John LaPotere. Florida IAQ Solutions, Winter Springs, Florida, for identifying Jan von Helmont as the scientist who discovered carbon dioxide. The IAQ radio question for today, Friday, September 8, 2017, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Here is today's trivia question. Name the two possible origins of the word hurricane. Back to you, Joe. Okay, thank you, Cliff. Today we have Dave Howard. Dave has 29 years with John Don, and he's been filling in multiple positions over the years. Currently, he is the director of marketing, and he manages all product managers for John Don. While at John Don, he has worked closely with the restoration team, including in the field with the 1993 World Trade Center bombing in 2005 with Katrina and other national events. And prior to joining John Don, he had his own restoration company. 
We've also got Ed Ranieri, a 32-year restoration industry veteran and star of this TV show, Catastrophe, Inc., which aired on HGTV, DIY Network, and a few other networks. On the show, Service Master by Ameristeam was owned by Ed Ranieri and Enzo Madalena and is located in Brook Park, Ohio. In addition to his 32 years of cleaning and restoration experience, he gained additional experience, insight, and traversed the United States, cleaning up following natural disasters. He's currently residing in South Carolina, but for the moment he's residing in Southeast Texas, helping out with Sam Simon. Sam is the owner of Service Master by Simons of Chicago. He's got 20 years of experience providing disaster restoration services, and he's responded to major events on the East Coast and the West Coast and in the Gulf. Currently, he's got a crew of 20 people working in the Houston, Texas area following Hurricane Harvey, and they're currently doing work for ExxonMobil. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. And Cliff, let me turn it over to you for the first question. Okay, thanks. Well, I guess the first question is going to go out to Ed and, and Sam. I'm not sure exactly what type of cleanup work that you're doing, but what I'm wondering is whether or not you're using the Pittsburgh Protocol on any of the work that you're doing. And for those of you who may not know what it is, it involves foaming and then pressure washing structural surfaces. Uh, so that was my first question. I will, uh, this is that, I will, I will comment on that. Joe, I, I got to tell you that during that intro, after 32 years in the industry, for a split second, I'm sitting here listening and I'm going, my gosh, I'm getting old. <laughs> We're getting old, guys. We've been we doing all. this together for a very long time. Um, and to think that we're still all out here mobilizing and doing this, I tell you, uh, sometimes I'm shaking my head and laughing. But you know, Cliff, that I'm a firm believer in Pittsburgh Protocol. I've, I've learned it firsthand from you. Um, the unique situation with what we've got going on down here now is that we're not – Pittsburgh Protocol – isn't here yet and i say that because we're still too new into the storm a very unique situation here with the way things are we still have areas of of houston proper that are still underwater Mm -hmm. Um, what we're dealing with mostly now is still primarily mitigation Um, some mold that we are starting to see but where the pittsburgh protocol shines from a structural restoration standpoint we're not there for that kind of work quite yet. So, yeah, and we're, start, no we're, start, we're starting to see, uh, we're just now starting to see heavy calls uh, and heavy requests for mold remediation. And so uh, I imagine that this is uh, the Pittsburgh protocol is going to be something that's going to be coming into play very soon. Of course, there are some issues here, some uh, statewide issues regarding mold remediation. Uh, that we uh, that everyone needs to make sure they meet before uh, they start uh, engaging in that type of service. Uh, such as? Well, I think uh, Texas, the state of Texas, has a very strict protocol for uh, licensing. Um, and uh, from what I understand, I think we just read, we just read some emails that uh, now the state of Texas um, and some of the big players here, like... Uh, Service Master, Serve Pro, and and uh, and the other competitors are uh, negotiating, relaxing those guidelines, uh, so the residents of Texas can be serviced properly. And we we can report that 
the uh, Texas, I think it's the Department of Health that runs those. Um, they're they're putting those into um, suspended animation uh, currently, and they're not requiring that licensing, as I understand it. Um, I've got a um, an announcement that came out from the Indoor Air Quality Association yesterday saying they've suspended the licensing requirements at least temporarily. So that, that may help a bit. Sam, how did you end up in, in Houston? Uh, well, uh, uh, my outfit and I have been mobilizing for a number of years now, and uh, so we've become uh, uh, one of the preferred uh, franchises that Service Master likes to call out for uh, for these type of events, just based on our experience and because uh, and based on the quality of our work. Uh, so uh, we were contacted by a corporate and asked if we would uh, come out to Houston to help with the efforts, and of course we said yes. Gotcha, gotcha. And and Dave, let's let's go over to Dave Howard. Uh, you know, John Don is is in both an enviable and unique position as the industry's largest supplier. How, if any, has the threat of Irma affected your game plan? You know, you you probably rushed a lot of resources down to Texas, and you could tell listeners a little bit about that. But now we've got a second one coming up on the East Coast. Tell us, tell listeners a little bit about what John Don has done to help with the response and what you see on the horizon. Are we going to have a shortage of equipment, a shortage of materials? Yeah, overall, uh, well, first of all, thanks for letting me be on the show. I do appreciate it. And uh, I I agree with Ed. It's amazing. I've been in the industry for uh, 29 years with John Don. And what's kind of depressing is when you start signing up for like a credit card app and it says year of birth and you have to scroll multiple times to find the year you were born, you know. But uh, regarding what we've done, uh, probably the first thing we've done is we bought an awful lot of coffee and five-hour energy for our staff. Um, in Houston, we knew there was going to be a shortage and a need, so we opened up a uh, second location in Houston, and we're going to have to do this for the uh, Florida location as well, too. With our Tampa store, uh, what may be smack dab in the center of uh, Irma coming in, uh, we want to have a, a second location that's up and going to service our customers. The process of bringing in products is a situation that we're working very closely with with all the vendors. Will there be a shortage? Absolutely. Manufacturers are reporting back to us now that in some cases they're going to be building to the first part of November just to uh, catch up on back order requests. Uh, from all the orders that are coming in right now. But what we've done is that we've actually, we're because we're in the restoration market, we typically have ample inventory, and we're able to utilize uh, the locations that we have across the U.S. to start pulling not only from the manufacturer's inventory and their next production runs, but we're able to pull from existing warehouses that we have throughout the uh, U.S. and start transferring needed supplies so we can be a lot closer to the customers. Okay. Well, thank you, Dave. We'll, we'll get back with you in a moment. Cliff, I want to jump over to you, and uh, I think yeah, you might thanks. want to ask about these logistical issues. Yeah, I do. I, I want to move into the logistical stuff. That I know both uh, you and Sam have had prior um, emergency response uh, experience in disaster sites. Is there anything different compared to other disasters where you've worked? I mean, is anything better? Or is anything worse, you know, such as accommodation availability, you know, water, building materials, et cetera? Any differences? Go ahead. Sam. Well, I'll, I'll, let you I'll jump in one. here. Uh, so 
so we purposely uh, this is Sam uh, so we purposely uh, looked for housing for ourselves and our staff uh, a little bit away from the damage uh, just so we could operate uh, properly and, and have the proper uh, you know uh, internet and phone and, and water just so we could uh, run our systems properly what we like uh, or what what's different about uh, Texas and the Houston area in specific is it's, you know, uh, compared to other uh, disasters that we've responded to, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of flat here, right? So it's not mountainous where you have mountainous regions and, and, and big valleys. Um, I'm thinking specifically uh, when we were in uh, the Pennsylvania region for uh, Hurricane Irene and uh, Tropical Storm Lee where they collided, uh, those roads were just purely impassable. Uh, here, we're having an easier time getting around with the exception of the areas that are still underwater, like parts of downtown Houston and, uh, and Beaumont, Beaumont, Texas. Uh, with the exception of those, we've been having, uh, it's been pretty easy going getting around. Um, and, uh, so in the, in that respect, uh, logistics have been fine. Um, what we do find difficult, um, is uh, for instance in the Beaumont region. I mean, they were they had no water, uh, you know, and in some cases no electricity, uh, which is um, expected. Uh, but now that that's all receding and starting to go down, and we're getting access to that area, uh, it's it's getting simple again. How far do you have to drive? Well, Ed, you want to take that one? Yeah, you know, there's one thing about Texas, and there's nothing that's small about this place. <laughs> it, it's uh, <laughs> everything. Everything is definitely bigger in Texas. Um, before I jump into that, building material cliff as the last piece that you asked has been a little challenging to uh, local distributors, local hardware stores. Um, getting in and out of them and finding the material that you need is has been challenging. Uh, they're bringing in other vendors just like you know, just like we are coming into the area. Uh, your home supply houses are, are bringing in help to kind of try and help meet the needs, but we are seeing building material shortages there as well um, to close up that topic. As far as getting around, as Sam had made mention, it's we're doing pretty well. Uh, traffic is a little bit trying. Um, you have to give yourself plenty of time to get from point A to point B. Um, but generally getting around has been, um, ha hasn't been too hard. How, how many miles are you sta is your staging area away from your uh, typical work site? That changes. Um, I would say anywhere from 10 till over 60 miles away. It depends okay. upon exactly where we're working. We're working in multiple locations, servicing multiple clients, so what we're doing is, is we're splitting up our trucks, trying to keep things in zip code sections so that way we are working smart because the traveling and the amount of the large area that we're covering around here is challenging from a, tra a travel standpoint. But as Sam had made mention, we want, you know, one thing I've learned over the years when you're dealing with hurricanes, and we know that we're going to be here for a while, for us and for our workers, there's a big psychological impact. I mean, for anybody involved in it, not only the people that are on the ground, but when you get home at the end of the day, you're spent. I mean, it's hard work, gentlemen. I think everybody can appreciate that. And you're also trying to lend emotional support to 
your clients. So you come home and you really just want to have a place where you can kind of crash and recover and have a nice meal. So we, through my years of staying in trailers and staying at ground zero, um, maybe one of the more creature comforts that we've, if possible, uh, you can't always do it, but we find ourselves driving about an extra 10 or 15 minutes to get out of the worst area so that way we can come home, recharge, and be productive and be able to provide good service for our clients the next day. Mm-hmm. Dave, Dave, I've got a question for you. Go ahead. Um, yes, yeah, I've got a question for you. In terms of the predictable shortages and existing shortages that are already there, does John Don have a policy of how you deal with customers? Uh, do your older customers, larger customers, have preference over someone that you've never done business uh, with before? I mean, do you have to allocate product, or are you able to service everyone so far? No, that's a great question, um, and we are doing our best to service everybody as best as we can. Some we just simply can't service depending on what their needs are. But when it comes to our policy during these events, it's uh, all our orders are time-stamped. So when the customer places the order and it's approved and it's in our system, uh, it's time-stamped. So first in, first out. What we do is for our more loyal customers is that we have a great sales team that is very active, and they'll reach out and they'll give our customers heads up on what's about to become available, and it gives them the ability to place an order uh, if they need it. But outside of that, uh, we treat all the customers the same that once that order is placed, we don't shuffle the deck. We don't move people around. So if you get your order in before the next person, uh, you, you get your product before that following person. Uh, one other thing, uh, congratulations go out to Nick Poella. I understand he just won a, a big award for Humanitarian of the Year uh, that I, I just read about this morning early on Facebook. So congrats to him. It's something that's very, very well-deserved, and I'm glad that he was recognized. Over to you, Joe. Yes, uh, Dave, what what equipment is currently most in demand? Well, in the in the beginning of um, any major event, it's typically the uh, same three items. It's the air movers, it's the LGR dehumidifiers, uh, and the air scrubbers would be the top three uh, in, in, in almost that particular order as well, too. Uh, being called in and are you still able to um, are you still getting equipment in or is that going to end soon no we're still getting equipment in we're working very closely with the manufacturers we are also looking uh, in some cases for some items we are uh, uh, looking at alternative uh, equipment and we're providing the choices to some of our customers uh, some of them are very brand loyal, and we understand that. Some of them are like, listen, it's, if it's an air mover and it hits this performance quality, uh, we, we need the equipment. So we will go out there, and although they're maybe not our main product line that we will rep uh, in these events here, we find that we're running into shortages. We'll definitely look into bringing in you know, uh, suitable alternatives for our customers if they're available in the marketplace. Follow-up question to that, Dave. Um, are, are, are your customers encountering difficulty uh, being shipped to by John Don? You know, can they get and receive the products that you're sending them? Yes. It, well, in, in the beginning, it's always a logistical nightmare when the roads are closed and you have no idea, you know, when FEMA's going to open them up or 
you think you have a route. The other issue that we run into during massive events like this is the freight companies. Uh, all of a sudden, there's not as many freight forwarder companies uh, as there were years ago. Uh, the rates also go crazy. I mean, they're as much as 10 times higher, the uh, normal rate to get uh, drivers to do a straight shot from our warehouse, you know, maybe from Chicago to get it down into the Dallas and Houston area. So in the very beginning, um, it, it, it typically would be. We were able to open up our Houston location fairly quickly, and we used our own uh, drivers to get uh, equipment and supplies to the Houston. Once we got inside the Houston area, it, it seemed to help out our customers quite a bit. We have a lot of customers that are picking up products as well as getting direct same-day shipment from the Houston. But I would say in the first you know, few days when the roads are still flooded out, absolutely. Uh, but now it seems to be running very smooth for us. Joe? I want to get back to um, the conditions on the ground down there. Ed or Sam, either one of you jump in. Where are we with respect to things like schools being back opened up? Um, you know, are the are the buses running? Uh, you know, is there still problems getting clean water? What about the sewage? Where are we on those major issues? Schools, I can tell you, I will start with schools. Uh, schools, I do believe, are scheduled to restart the early part of next week. Um, so they have been closed for quite some time. Public transportation, I see buses out and about. Um, as Dave had made mention, traffic is really kind of starting to normalize. It's, it's, it's starting to get back to its normal craziness. Dare I say, welcome to Texas. Um, those two are uh, starting to normalize. So get, being able to get around is, is, is kind of starting to get a little bit normal. You just have to be patient because of the sheer volume of cars. And what yeah, about there was water one, there, and there sewage? Was, there was one school up, excuse me, there was one school up in the, uh, a little north of Houston, a little east, and uh, we just, uh, we got a call about it, and, and then we were reading about it, actually. And that school, um, I can't recall the town right now, but I know that, call, that school is going to be closed indefinitely and doesn't look at being opened until next year. Uh, so I know that one was devastated. Uh, so there are a few schools here where they're going to have to uh, shut down and probably spread their students out to other schools until they can be repaired. How many are there still a lot of people in shelters? I think uh, what we've been seeing is that uh, you know now as the waters are starting are, are receding, people are starting to return uh, to their homes to assess the damages. Uh, I know we're starting to get a, a bevy of residential calls uh, now, and, and uh, especially in the Houston area. Um, but um, the, for the most part, I think the shelters are still there's still quite a bit of people in the shelters. Um, so I mean, there's I mean there are homes that are just decimated here, and there's definitely a big Red Cross presence in conjunction with the shelters driving through the neighborhoods. Um, helping to provide supplies for the workers, for the people that are uh, the homeowners, the business owners. You see a big Red Cross presence in conjunction with the shelters. So there's a, a lot of need here still, but not only is it the shelters, but there's a fair amount of, dare I say, um, 
temporary shelters where they're setting it up for people can drive through and get cases of water, get diapers for their children, get basic cleaning materials. Um, there's a fair amount of drive-through areas scattered throughout where you can go through and get some basic necessities if you find that still being challenging for you in your workplace and or your home. Yep, and those uh, all those Red Cross choppers and those uh, National Guard choppers that you've seen all seen on television uh, rescuing people from the rooftops, uh, those are all uh, parked like about half a mile away from us. There's a, a small airport here, and uh, they're all staged there. So uh, we see them and hear them uh, uh, on a daily basis every morning getting up and going out and doing their rounds. I'd like to get into a little bit before we break. And we'll be breaking in about five minutes for halftime. Let's start to talk a little bit about the types of um, things that people should be looking at when it comes to, you know, taking work in and around that huge area. As I understand it, the area that was affected is about the size of New Jersey. So there's got to be tons of work going on down there. But prior to deciding to take a job or just to come down that way and, uh, you know, hope you get a job, what kind of things would all three of you, let's go around the, around the horn here on this and maybe we'll start with Dave and then work our way through. What kind of suggestions would you make to people that are thinking about coming down to do the work? What should they be looking for? What should they be making sure they have ready? Um, et cetera. Um, yeah, Dave, if, um, if this is the first time going down there, it is not going to meet any of their expectations. Uh, an example, whatever amount of time you think you're going to be down there, triple it, if not more. Uh, realize your daily living cost is going to be crazy. Uh, food, fuel, hotel, transportation, just moving around is going to be very difficult. Uh, business licenses to make sure that you're operating correctly uh, in the area, uh, as Ed was talking about before. Um, the aftermath when things are done and you finished a client's business or their home and they decide that they want to take up a legal matter with you, you realize that it will be fought in a court in Texas. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. If, if you're going to do it for the first time, my recommendation would be that if you belong to an association and you know some very reputable companies in that area, you may want to call them, see if you can partner with them uh, and work under their umbrella. Um, but uh, I would think, uh, Ed, I mean, you're, you're more experienced at this than I am, but those are the things that we hear from our customers who've come back, who tried it for the first time, and, and yeah. who get financially burned. I agree. Ed, uh, Dave, you, Ed, you, yeah. yeah, Dave, you hit it on the head with, with all the major topics. Um, the, the one thing that I'll add is, is that this is a unique event in that the hurricane came in as a cat four and then it very quickly went to tropical storm status and just dropped an enormous amount of water to the tune of 50 plus inches in about four days. Texas received their annual rainfall in less than four days here. So this is different, a, a bit of a different demon in that I'm seeing a lot more flooding than wind driven rain, ripped off roofs, things of that stature. But I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. If, if it's your first time, don't do it alone. Um, I don't care what kind of hurricane it is. Uh, you know, it's a daunting task. Um, making sure that you can come in and, and do the work right and walk out and be able to serve your, your client properly 
and do it and and profit in it um, is challenging. You know, doing it in your own backyard is challenging, but to move to another state and to have all this exposure is very challenging. It's it's one of the things that you're going to want to have somebody to be able to turn to and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can you help me with this? All the things that we take for granted at home, all of our support systems aren't here. And you have to be able to come and be able to run self-sufficiently in a state where you absolutely have no experience. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Sam? Yeah, my, my, advice would, my advice would be to go into the restaurant business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, but but kidding aside, um, of course, uh, you gentlemen have it all correct. Uh, what you, what anybody, if anybody's coming to Texas for the first time, or or even just mobilizing for the first time, uh, please know that you are going to be scrutinized down here or anywhere else. I mean, uh, you know, I, we're here in the heart of Texas, and I'm a city slicker from uh, from the north. And uh, I have to sit here and, and uh, I have to stand and talk to them and assure them that my work is warranted, that I'm part of a bigger, uh, a, a bigger effort, that I'm part of the service master name, and that I come highly insured and highly bonded and, and uh, that uh, they can always reach me if, uh, if there's a question or if there's something's gone wrong or uh, uh, so they need to know that they're accessible to you at all times uh, and that you're accessible to them. Um, that's probably been the biggest thing. I think, Ed, you'll agree. We constantly, uh, I hand them a business card and they say, oh, you're from Chicago. So, you know, and then here comes the barrage of questions and then the the comments about my accent. Uh, so, <laughs> you sound fine to me. I, yeah, I try to explain to them. It's not that I have an accent; it's that I don't have an accent. I think that maybe uh, that that's, that stuns people here. But uh, everybody's on a high level of alert here, and that's from 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 the residents on up, uh, and because uh, you know they just want to make sure there are no ornery people or or um, or unreputable firms doing business here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, I'm I'm get, before we go to halftime, um, I do want to comment real quick that both Ed and Sam, even though you guys are in the middle of a horrific disaster restoration scenario, you you both you know you you speak to you, you talk to talk and walk the walk because both of you have been. I was surprised coordinating with me and keeping in touch with me much more than I thought you would be able to. And I think that's a great point you bring up, Sam, that you've got to be accessible. You've got to return calls. You've got to get on the emails and, and so on. And I want to say the same for Andy Robinson, who's um, one of Dave's folks down there working hard. Uh, he's also been great about getting back to people. So uh, I think that's a, a point well taken. We're going to be back Joe, with our guest. One quick comment before we uh, we, we go to halftime. And I, I think both Dave uh, and Sam and, uh, of course, Ed are going to be able to relate to this. Uh, one of the big differences down there in Texas in this particular situation is flood insurance should have been in play. And in, oh, many, yeah. situations, <laughs> it, in, in many situations, it's not in play. And what that means is that human nature will be in play. And I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how religious they are. 
you know, I don't care how calm they normally are. When people feel they're getting screwed by the government, getting screwed by their insurance company, getting screwed by their neighbors, they then feel entitled to screw other people. And I mean, they'll, and I'm sure all these guys can relate to this. That you know, human nature—if you've never encountered it for someone going down there for the first time—is definitely going to be in in play. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. and uh, it's an open carry state, so you see a lot of people walking <laughs> right. around with firearms. You took the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at that, I'll turn it back over to you to break, Joe. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll be back with the second half of our interview. It's been a very, very good interview so far. We've got Ed Ranieri, we've got Sam Simon, and we've got Dave Howard all talking about the recovery after Harvey. IAQ Radio (laughs) would like to thank our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at iaqa.org. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them, wolfsense.com. IAQ marquee sponsors are... John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoor Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at iaq.net. Particles Plus, engineers and manufacturers feature rich particle counters, air quality monitoring, instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Let's talk about clean underwear. You know, (laughs) you have 20 guys down there plus yourselves. And you need clean underwear, and you need clean uniforms. And I mean, how are you dealing with that sort of stuff? You know, feeding these guys, uh, so, you know, hygiene, so on and so forth. Well, uh, you know, I I've done this enough times now that I have a checklist that I distribute to all of my employees uh, prior to even coming to Texas. Um, uh, prior to leaving Chicago, we talk about it. I make sure everybody understands that. Uh, before we can provide a, a proper service to our customers, we need to make sure we're properly taking care of ourselves. Uh, so um, here we have a system, uh, you know, uh, and I'm, you know, um, I try my very best, um, and Ed's been helping me on this, to make sure that we uh, maintain this system here. That includes, uh, you know, I have to make sure everybody's appearance is top-notch. I can't have everybody going out there looking like schlubs. Uh, first impression is everything here, so I, I make sure my uh, my guys are uh, properly bathed and shaved, <laughs> and uh, that uh, our clothes uniforms are washed. Uh, we have a system; everybody drops their clothing in the laundry room, and it gets washed, and it gets uh, dried, and it gets redistributed. Uh, this happens on a nightly basis, um, and uh, I think as long as we maintain a proper system and a proper routine for the employees. Uh, It keeps them upbeat because don't forget, on top of managing our customers who are down in the dumps or who are, you know, have just suffered this this trauma 
we have to sit here and manage the attitude and the morale of our employees. And so, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I think them having a system and a routine in place on a daily basis relieves that pressure for them. They know that they have to do A, B, and C. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we try to have a proper dinner with each other every night uh, when, when we can. Um, and uh, then at the end of the night, sit and unwind. Last night we all sat around in a circle and we talked and we, we laughed and we joked and, and just some semblance of normalcy because you have to remember that we're all removed from our homes. We're all have families back home. Um, so we try to maintain that family, uh, that, that, that semblance of family within our group and, uh, you know, keep ourselves going and keep each other going. Uh, two two follow-ups, if I can, Sam and Ed. Uh, number one, uh, what are you doing about feeding the guys on the job? Are, are you is someone in charge of packing lunches and you know taking it out there? And the second is, how long is your normal work day these days? Well, I'll start with the jump. first one and uh, uh, talk briefly about getting the guys food. The 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 talk about southern hospitality. Um, I've been through a lot of hurricanes, and there's one thing that still, I think, draws me back to, to to these storms every time, and it's just you look around at what's going on in our world, and sometimes, guys, I don't know about you, but it's really depressing to me. And then I step into Texas, or I step into Louisiana, or I step into New York or New Jersey or anywhere else across the country, east, west, south, north, I don't care where it is. And the way that people consistently still pull together when things get really bad continues to amaze me and attracts me back to this industry and, and continues to blow my mind. Uh, Cliff, we've not yet had to feed our guys or buy a, a lunch for anybody because the people that we're servicing in the neighborhoods, in the businesses, are feeding our guys all the time. That's good. That's no. That's no kidding. I mean, on the early, in the first days that we arrived here, there were there were teams of men and women just in cars, ran, randomly, driving around and saying, "Are you guys hungry?" and opening their trunks and and um, and and pulling out pizzas and and cases of water and and, and we're just looking at each other in amazement. And we're like, there there must be surely there must be somebody more you know somebody who needs this more than we do. And they say, no, no, we're here to feed you. We're here. We need you to keep going. And that, that just blew my mind. I, I, you know, some of my guys that are, that are with me out here today, uh, this is their first, their first go at, at, at uh, mobilizing. And then I tell them that this happens. So, you know, be proud and be happy and, and serve well. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that said, in terms of feeding our kids, uh, our, our kids, well, they're kind of like my kids, but uh, in, in terms of feeding our employees um, um, for lunches anyway, I mean, I don't think one of them has, uh, has purchased a lunch yet. As far as dinner goes, uh, you know, I'll let you guys in on a, on a secret. And some, to some of you guys out there who, who are thinking about coming down to Texas, try and find a, a house. You're not going to find a hotel room. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, we, I was lucky enough to find a home that slept, uh, that slept 20 plus people, that sleeps 20 plus people. And so I rented the home. Um, and so, uh, 
uh, we've purchased groceries. Everybody bands together and puts their, uh, puts their money together and purchase groceries. And we try to have, at least we try to have dinner together at night. It's a great idea. How many hours um, are you working? Yeah. Uh, right now we're averaging anywhere from uh, probably 10 to 12 hours a day. Okay. Yeah. Let me, we're trying let me not to. Question. We're trying not to burn the guys out. We, you know, we realize that this is going to be a marathon. We can see, we can sense it, we can taste it. This is not going to be something where we're going to be here for a week and we're going to be gone. Um, and and it's and it's a little overwhelming for the restoration industry in and itself to be able to accommodate this need. So we're facing it where we're working 12-hour days and we're saying, okay, look. Let's not go crazy um, to some degree, uh, realizing we need a little bit of rest, trying to keep a balance, but still working long enough days where we can you know, serve our clients well. That leads me to a question that I, I wanted to ask all three of you, and I, I know it may vary by individual, but how long would you, you know, if I'm if I'm planning on sending some people down or, or a restoration company is sending some people down, Sam, how long did you tell your guys they'd be there before they got a chance to go back home? And, and does that vary by, by person? Or you know, and, and Dave, I know you sent people down there, and and I, I would imagine it's not good to keep them there too long without a break. But have you found um, some tips for for our listeners that work well for you? Well, um, I'll respond by saying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, so some of the guys, of course, some of the guys have obligations and some of them have families and some of them are young and this is their first time leaving home to work. And, and we have the obvious uh, homesickness and, uh, and, and, and some of the boys are on the phones for uh, all night long after they get home, uh, you know, talking to their loved ones. And so um, I try to be sensitive to that. So uh, our last mobilization, I think, Ed, uh, we were out in, uh, out in, in, in Hilton Head or South Carolina. Uh, you know, we were out there for, uh, I don't know, I'm going to say something like 45 days, um, which, which is not that long considering how long it was. But um, I learned or I've learned over the years that uh, sometimes you need to swap some of your guys out, some of them. Hey, say, hey, Sam or Ed, uh, I need to go home. And so we have to be understanding of that. And uh, I'm not the type of person that says, no, we're working or anything like that. I mean, if they, if somebody's had their fill, then it's time for them to go home and go back to their families. And, and, uh, and uh, we try our best to fill, uh, to fill that space, uh, which you know is not always easy. Uh, the temp, uh, dipping into a different subject here, the uh, temp labor force here in, in the Houston area is tapped out, and that, that goes without saying. Um, so we have to kind of look and see if we can find anybody here or whether we have to find, uh, uh, you know, uh, bring some other employees from Chicago. Dave, any tips from you? Actually, uh, well, you guys know the founders of our company pretty well, John and Nick, and you know that we're a very family-oriented business. Um, when it came to dispatching out, you know, uh, warehouse staff, sales reps, uh, you know, uh, a lot of our logistic people, you know, even here in the office, uh, we've been working every day uh, since the event. We have extended phone calls and stuff. Everything we've done has been on a volunteer basis, 
and we let our staff know that, you know, when it's time for you to call it quits, let us know. If you need to come back, you know, for a couple of days and hook up with the family, let's do that. We already had one of our reps that was down there receive a uh, an unfortunate, you know, family emergency phone call, and uh, it was no problem, you know, get home. And uh, as soon as they were able to take care of it, uh, it was amazing. They, they called us up and said, hey, listen, can I get another ticket? I'm fine. I want to go back. So just like Sam and Ed were saying that, you know, you, you can't trap your guys down there, but uh, when you create the environment and a team and they're out there and they want to help, it's amazing uh, how impressed you can be with everybody that works for your organization. I mean, literally there, there's times like this with this event here that I sit back and I'm just proud to be with a great team that we have here. And it's really everybody, even, you know, the people that don't get recognized, like in the credit department or that warehouse guy that's, here to midnight, you know, doing a transfer. Uh, everybody is smiling. Everybody feels good. You know, you mentioned the credit department, and another question I wanted to throw out to all three of you, which is, you know, obviously, you know, the the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. What kind of suggestions do you have for people coming down to help on getting payment? Yeah, good, good question. That's the age-old question. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we are a capitalistic society. Uh, we are for-profit. Um, we have obligations to our uh, families, to our children, to our businesses, to our employees, to to make sure that you know we can continue to support them. Um, so this just isn't about us running down to Texas just because it's cool and we want to have some barbecue. Um, it's a, it's a it's a tough topic that uh, I've basically here here's what we're, here's because when you're dealing with FEMA um, there's a lot of unknowns and the bottom line is is our policy is is we're collecting money up front it's it's payment uh, upon completion whether it be 50% down and 50% thereafter but come here and um, be ready to have the consumer pay and contend with insurance and or FEMA independently themselves after the event because we're still waiting weeks and weeks and weeks to see adjusters. Um, we talk to adjusters on the phone. They have hundreds of claims on top of their desk. The FEMA guys are not even returning calls for two, three, four days. So the brutal reality is, is that homeowners have a responsibility to mitigate a loss. And this is something that I've had to teach a lot of people over the years is, is that they're like, well, Ed, why don't we just wait and wait until the adjuster gets here? Why, you know, why can't we just wait another 48 hours or another three days or another six days to make sure it's going to be covered claim? And my question is, is like, so let's assume for a split second that this is not a covered claim. Are you going to let this sit here and just rot? And that's what I'm trying to get these people to understand is, is that they still may have exposure even if there's not coverage. And I think you need to go into that and set those that that ground and those expectations early on and let them know even if it's a covered claim this is not going to be zero exposure for you so not, it's not, setting, setting the table properly yeah and not to mention the secondary and tertiary damages that may occur by waiting right so you've got a you've got a wet home and now you're waiting three four five days for that adjuster and he just can't seem to make his way towards you and now all of a sudden that's turned to mold and uh, other things that, uh, you know, then, then you've got to sit there and explain that to the adjuster. So uh, that's, uh, 
that's just a cap on uh, a cap on what Ed was talking about right now. And Dave, do you have any uh, suggestions for people on getting paid? I uh, for down there getting paid? No, no. I I mean I'm going to leave it to the experts that you have on the phone. They're on the front <laughs> line. Uh, we we work with our uh, customers, which is you know like the gentlemen you have on the phone. And we do net terms, we do credit reviews. Uh, the only recommendation that we have is that if an event's coming up, don't wait until we're in the middle of the event to want to place a large order with John Don and then fill out you know, net terms or credit applications and hope it gets approved and things like that. Um, but uh, no, I, our, our process is, is pretty straightforward. Um, we do uh, open credit for those who have the ability to have an open credit. We are happy to take, uh, you know, COD, Visa, credit card payments. Uh, Nick Palola, uh, I don't think he's willing to, uh, you know, roll everybody's bankroll for this, but uh, overall, you know, it's pretty straightforward. We are a capitalistic type company as well, too, but we work with net terms, and it's worked out quite well for a lot of our customers. Cliff, let me turn it over to you. Yeah, I guess this is a question both for Dave and then, I'm gonna, then I, I'd like to – get a comment by Ed and uh, Sam as well. Dave, are there any different chemical trends uh, that you're seeing in this particular loss as in years past? Is it you know, the same cleaners and disinfectants and things like that that were previously used, or is there a different trend? And you know, same thing to uh, Ed and Sam, you're using the same things that you used before, you're mixing it up a little bit differently uh, chemical-wise. Well, chemical-wise, typically, depending on where the event is, we'll see a slight change in the preferences. Uh, but primarily, uh, the clear leader for us uh, may sound like a commercial, but it's Microban. Uh, it's a great product. You don't dilute it. You don't have any liability about how it was diluted, how it was applied. Uh, Microban is, is clearly a high volume you know, for us, uh, the botanically products that uh, Ledger Brand came out with, Benefact, we are seeing more of the mold coatings and the mold stain removers that are going out there. Uh, but uh, still, the true and tried uh, products like Microban are, are still significant leaders for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about those, you guys? Those, yeah, those products. It, well, as a, serv- as, a service master, uh, as a service master franchise, uh, I use service master products. Uh, I, I have used microvans so uh, in the past, but uh, you know we use uh, Santa Master Six um, uh, for the uh, disinfectant and for the microbial uh, applications. Um, but I think right now, you know, it's it's kind of uh, you know we have to stabilize now. So right now we're stabilizing as best we can. So the the tried and true, uh, you know. Uh, drying equipment and uh, antimicrobial solutions, uh, you know, coupled with whatever remediation uh, processes that we, we use, uh, you know, whether it's ripping out uh, drywall or, or taking out flooring, uh, stands true for now. Uh, you know, at some point, uh, as I said before, uh, for the people who aren't getting serviced fast enough, uh, we're going to run into new issues, uh, especially with the heat and humidity out here in Houston. Yeah, that's you know, challenging. Sam, go ahead. Sorry about that, Joe. Uh, it, I just, I, I guess, I wanted to say I'm, I'm a little old school. Uh, probably still using some of the things that I learned back in the day from, from y'all during training. Um, Cliff, a lot of the things that you taught us 
I see growing up respectfully, um, we're still using. Technology has brought improvements with products. There's no question about it. But the basics are still the basics. In baseball, you have to swing a bat in order to hit the ball. It's still, that still stands true in the world of restoration. Products are a great tool in our toolbox, but we still have to do the basics. You know, Sam, I'm wondering, as far as employees go, are, are you guys hiring any locals? I mean, I would imagine there's people out of work down there looking for work. Are, are people asking you about employment? Uh, are you hiring any locals? You say the temps are all, you know, pretty much taken up. Uh, so uh, I've kind of uh, kind of struck out in that department. Uh, we've been looking for locals. Um, just they seem to be all taken up. Um, and, and I understand why, because it took some time for service providers like us to get down here. And, uh, a lot of these people were on hand immediately and they started just getting in there and helping help people, uh, remove wet and affected items, uh, from their homes. Uh, so short, short answer is no, I've, I've, I've uh, not found anybody yet. We're still looking. So if anybody out there is listening and uh, and uh, they're looking to get some work with us, uh, give me a ring. <laughs> I've got a text question here. I'm not sure. Cliff, do you want to follow up on that? I think that we've answered that one, Joe, about the antimicrobials. I think you know, Dave answered it, and I think Ed answered it. And I think they need to listen to the recording. Let me follow up on it then. Um, as far as, you know, you, you've got the first phase, which is going to be tearing out all the wet materials, the muck out, getting all the mud, and et cetera. Um, and I would imagine, I don't know if you guys are running into this, but we're seeing it on the news. There were a lot of uh, chemical plants and, you know, a couple Superfund sites and so on. Is there anything, you know, any different types of precautions with, the water this time around? Are they requiring any kind of testing of the water for some of the chemicals that might be involved in the water? Are you seeing anything like that? Uh, well, we haven't, not we haven't come across that yet. Yep, there I'm you sorry. go. I think they've, there you know, I, I echo that one perfectly if you want to continue. Oh, uh, regarding, yeah. no, we haven't heard anything from our clients yet regarding, you know, testing of water and stuff like that down there. No, we have not. Yeah, and we've not run into that. Uh, we, we, I'm sorry, repeat that. What about asbestos-containing materials? They're, you know, highly regulated. Um, you know, Texas is only going to have a certain number of asbestos licensed asbestos contractors. Um, how are you guys handling that? Well, when it comes to asbestos, as you said, uh, the asbestos people down here are backed up and booked for a very long time. So unfortunately, if we're coming across any uh, any asbestos-related issues, we have to kind of, uh, we're at the mercy of uh, their scheduling. Uh, so, uh, but I don't think, Ed, I don't think we've run into any asbestos-related issues just yet. Um, you know, not as many as I had anticipated, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, we're dealing with more newer construction than we are older. Uh, Houston is a concrete jungle. I tell you, drive around here, and if I had a nickel for every strip mall and restaurant and 
things of that stature, um, it, it really is a pretty impressive place um, and newer with that. So I think with the word newer, asbestos becomes a little bit less of a topic. Okay, we're going to round it up here, gents. I'm going to play the roundup music, and then we're going to ask one final question of everybody, and we'll take it from there. Move him on, hit him up, hit him up, move him on, move him on, hit him up, throw a hide. Cut him out, ride him in, ride him in, let him out, cut him out, ride him in, throw All right, I'm gonna, I got one final question I want to uh, throw out there for anybody that wants to, you know, wants to answer it. And, and this has to do with, well, actually, let's let's go back to you for a minute, Sam, before I get into that. How many of you know you've got service masters all over the country? Um, obviously, we can't you know send every service master. Then there's nobody there to you know respond to the local events. How is that decision made? Is it you know a voluntary thing? You guys go okay, we're ready to send a crew down, and then you know how do you cover your jobs back home? Uh, so we just have to make sure that uh, <clears throat> we have ample enough staff at home. Uh, to maintain uh, our business there, um, you know, we still, uh, even though we're down here, we still get calls for uh, water damages and fire damages and and and, and mold remediation up in Chicago. Uh, so you know, it's it's takes a lot of logistic planning um, to get down here. And there are quite a few service masters down here now. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to uh, pair up with a uh, a local service master franchise here in the area. And uh, they've been very kind to us, and, and uh, they help make it feel uh, homey and, uh, you know, like we're part of an extended family. Um, but, yeah, you're right. It's just a uh, – it takes some uh, juggling skills to maintain uh, up back home in Chicago and down here in Texas. I've also got a text question from a listener. I think it's a good one. Um, are you being asked by any uh, any – any of the principals down there to qualify the category of water with any sampling? Are they just saying, you know, everything's category three or is anybody trying to uh, fight you on that and say, no, it might be a, you know, a one or a two, it was rainwater, et cetera. Um, I don't think there's any question at this point, <laughs> category wise, uh, if it was a category one or two because of rainwater, it's, it's quickly become a three just, from dwell time, um, but uh, and and through all that it's passed, uh, you know, meaning construction materials and floorings and glues and plasters and paints and. Uh, uh, but no, I've we've not run across that yet. Um, Ed, you have. Uh... No, I haven't seen any. It, it's it's been pretty. Um... It's been pretty black and white, guys, and it's just, you know, there's there's not a whole lot that you can save. It's not like, ah, is this Category 2 or ah, is this Category 3? It's 3. It's groundwater. We're dealing with pesticides, herbicides, uh, rivers, you know, that have run over, bayos that have have failed. Um, so we're talking about not only fungal but bacterial and viral amplification issues. So this is this is a pretty black and white cat three situation, and 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 nobody's arguing with us on that one. Um, it's just not worth the couple of extra bucks that you may have saved to try to to, to try to classify something as a two. Okay, and, you know, let me turn it over uh, to you for some uh, well, final questions. 
Well, I, I think, number one, I would argue with you that it's not a Cat 3. I would say that it's a Cat 4, possibly a Cat 5. <laughs> yeah. In terms, in terms of the, you know, the, the amount of water and everything else. I guess my final question for everybody is, uh, what lesson did you learn um, new on this particular emergency response that you didn't know before? You know, what did you encounter new? Is that another signal that we're all getting old and have been doing this for a long time? Um, <laughs> no. You know, no two hurricanes it's, are alike. No two hurricanes are alike. And then no two storms are alike. Um, this was definitely more of a water event. Uh, you know, for me, I, I think it continues to be a reinforcement for me that if you really want to play in the world of, of mobilizing um you know, don't be faint at heart. You can't wait. Uh, first in wins. Um, so maybe their regurgitation of some of the older stuff. Um, but it's it, it's it's just consistency of of the stuff that we know. Being able to 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 crawl before we can walk. Um, I, I can't think of anything overwhelmingly huge that's different about this storm or any any of the really 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 big lessons that have been different about this one. Um, can you guys and gentlemen, anything different? Well, I'll, I'll, ta I'll take a different twist on this, and, and it's uh, maybe not from this storm in particular, but, but from the news. I mean, I'm here in Texas, and now I'm watching Irma happen. Uh, I think I just read about an earthquake in Mexico. Uh, I'm watching uh, there's another hurricane right behind Irma, or I, I don't know what's happened with that yet. I, I, I haven't, uh, and possibly a third. That, that was by... I, I learned all that yesterday. I don't know if anything's changed since, but the weather patterns are changing, and that's uh, and this is more of a broader answer. I mean, forgive me, this is more of a broad stroke, but uh, you know I'm sitting here and I'm and things are changing, and uh, and the industry is going to change, and and you know now here I am in Texas and I'm being asked about Irma. You know, <laughs> are you ready to go to Irma? And I'm like, geez. You know, let me let me figure this place out first. Let me get these people back to normal first. Uh, but unfortunately, there's no waiting, right? I mean, that storm is bearing down, um, and so you know, it's just it just makes you sit back and and kind of just take it all in and, and, and reassess and recalculate. And yeah, one Dave, thing I can, we go one thing I can go say that's different for me. I apologize, gentlemen. As many years as I've been. Uh, traveling here, I am in Texas. My family is in South Carolina, which has officially been declared a state of emergency, and I'm dealing with having to evacuate my family while I'm here in Texas helping others. Um, that's definitely one thing that has been new for me. Uh, humbling, trying, um, you know, trying to keep the home front stable while we're out here helping others. Understood. Hang in there, buddy, and thanks for joining us today. And, and Dave, before we go, is there any final words you'd like to, th you know, mention anything we missed? Uh, no, except for you know, kind of thinking back on some of the comments that were made here. One is that, you know, truly, I am I am proud and happy to be in America, and I think America does pull together after disasters. And I think that uh, we, as an industry, are able to provide, you know basically the knight in shining armor in most cases to families that are destroyed. So although we're capitalistic in what we do, 
it is nice to go home every single night knowing that you had a positive impact, you know, for others. Well, I, I want to thank all of you for the positive impact you're having on, uh, you know, people's lives right now going through what can be the toughest, one of the toughest events in their lives. Um, and we're going to come back next week and, I, and we're going to cover uh, the next event, which is going to be, uh, you know, Ir Irma in uh, the Florida area, and I'm sure it's going to go up through and uh, cause a lot of havoc. So I think we're going to do the same thing next week with a couple of our listeners from the Florida area and uh, keep people up to date on these events. So this is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks so much to this week's guests, Dave Howard, Ed Ranieri, and Sam Simon. We really appreciate all of you joining us. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick, uh, my engineer, John. you got to have faith. And most importantly, our growing group of loyal listeners, it's great to be back live. We took a couple weeks off there during the uh, end of the summer break, but uh, we're back live. We've got some great shows lined up. I've got the Hurricane Show again next week. The week after that, we've uh, reached out to uh, Brandon Bohr. We've got a, a great um, indoor air quality show coming up. So come back and join us next Friday for the next episode of IAQ Radio. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening. <laughs>